I said it before and I'll say it again. That scene, that last scene. What does it mean? I'm the dude, you know? Get the fuck out of here. No, I cannot. That final scene starts now. Hello, hello, we are back. Are we? Yeah, we're back. I thought Simon <laughs> had played the wrong outro because it said it, it's over. Get I, the fuck that out of here. always confuses me. Yeah. I often have the same feeling. And you made, but you made that. I know, but it still <laughs> seems like an ending. It feels That's like an ending. That's the first time I've noticed that. It feels like an ending, yeah, where he's like, it's yeah. over. There is an outro. Yeah. There's definitely an outro which has the office on Nobody's it. Nobody's ever like, made li- it to the outro. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. It's never happened. They've never heard the Did You Like It? Did You Like That? The Michael Scott one. That's in there. Well, I shall tell you. Well, I already told you, but we are at the one percent of Spotify of one hundred fifty-two people Spotify rap this year. They're only listening to our podcast. Not necessarily. We are in their one percent of podcast listening. So, thank you to the one hundred and fifty-two. And even if we are the only podcast that they're listening to, the fact that they have Spotify just for us, kind of. <laughs> It's a huge deal. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) My rap was really high because I listened to podcasts to fall asleep. My phone is just like constantly like Spotify. Well, it just plays through the night. I have it. I've set the timer on it. So it'll either go off at like end of episode or like after an hour. But like, that's pretty much like I listen to podcasts throughout the day when I'm working Mm. and then it'll just turn itself off eventually. But you don't forget sometimes at work that you're not supposed like in bed and then you just fall asleep at work because you think you're in bed. No, no, no. I've never had that. But I am starting to notice that I'm falling asleep in places more, which I, uh, I almost fell asleep before seeing Napoleon. And to be honest, I should have fallen asleep during Napoleon because that film Dude. is so fucking long. I yeah. want you, yeah, I want you to get to it because I. Wait, have we we haven't talked about Napoleon yet, have we? No. no have you seen it? I haven't. And okay. did you see it? Yeah, I've seen it. Oh, nice. Oh, I didn't know you were going to yeah. go see. Are we going to have a Napoleon discussion, or is that for another time? It, let's do it quickly because Let's have a people, quick chat, have, yeah. people have thoughts. Okay, yeah. here's mine. Four out of ten. Yeah, <laughs> I would. I would say five purely for Vanessa Kirby's Josephine. I thought she was quite good. Yes, agreed. Um, it's really weird. I'm kind of. I, I don't know about you, and I and maybe this is this is a really wanky opinion, but I'm getting kind of like movies, historical dramas where everyone sounds like they're from a different country, and I'm like, it's mm-hmm. a film about a French emperor, Napoleon, one of the most famous men of all time. Well, the English people sound English. The, the one Swiss guy who's played by fucking Miles Jupp, which is crazy, sounds Swiss. The Russian sounds Russian, but Joaquin Phoenix sounds American. Vanessa Kirby sounds English. There's lots, even the, like the one French guy who's in it, who's from that TV show, The Serpent, even he has like a weird mishmash of an accent. And then Napoleon himself is a massive mumble fest. Yeah, for like sure. Like the dialogue's really sort of grainy and gritty. Yeah. You have to really like lean forward to get it. He really it. grumbles through quite a lot of it. I mean, I think I really... Like I didn't really like Joaquin Phoenix's performance in the film until about halfway through when he started getting into the really stroppy stuff that comes from history of him being like a petulant child. It was quite good and that was quite good towards the end. But like at no point did the film ever make me think, I know there's loads of battle scenes in it. It never makes him seem like a competent general. You just see him like overseeing these incredible victories but at no point do you go i would believe that that guy would uh, like yeah. would think of all these things because he just like as you say like maybe it's because he mumbles so much he reminded me of lord melchard in blackadder always behind the front line with a booze cabinet kind of taking action on a whim but not really you don't really imagine there's any strategy behind yeah, it. yeah but what's worse than that is then they have uh, wellington played by rupert everett who is basically doing a lord melchard impersonation that's what it feels <laughs> yeah. like he looks and sounds like Lord. He looks and sounds like 
Stephen Fry does as Wellington in the third series of Blackadder. Yeah. Oh and that's the worst thing I can probably say about it. Like, it's just, it's just really The one good great. thing I'd say about this, I don't really know much about the history of Napoleon. Yeah. I never really studied it at school or anything. So mm. I was happy to get a bit of a, I mean, I don't know how, I know a lot of the articles I've read about it since have said how historically inaccurate, inaccurate. it is. And apparently French journal, like the French journalists that have seen it hate it. But it's, it's weird hearing American accent shout stuff I as know. a French general. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I think you just have to look at Zaraleta's performance in House of Gucci to understand uh, at least Scott's it, appreciation yeah. for accents. <laughs> I haven't seen House of Gucci. And yeah. so what is that like? Oh, pff, I need to bring you a clip. I can't okay. even do it. It's so offensive. Yeah. It's like Italian, but bad. Yeah. Um, I mean, is, is Joaquim doing a voice? No. Like, is it his voice? I think that's his voice. Okay. I think he's just mumblier. Like, you know how he, the best way to describe it, you know how he mumbles in the master quite a bit? Mm-hmm. Like he does this weird thing where he doesn't really open his mouth that much when he talks. Like if you think of that scene where Philip Seymour Hoffman's asking him about like his past and like having sex with his aunt or whatever it is. And he's mumbling a lot. That's kind of the whole film, mm. really, like, or at least a lot of his performance in it. My description of it would be, it's so underplayed, it's almost horizontal. Because I was expecting this really high energy battle scenes, you know, I was, I was imagining Joaquim in like Gladiator and stuff. Yeah. And actually it's really underplayed and it's it really does, subtle. I mean, I haven't seen it, but the trailer looks so dark and muted. Yeah. Is it it's like that very, throughout? Yeah, cinematography is very grey and like dusky and like murky. Like all of the battle sequences are dark. There's a whole segment in the film where he's marching on Russia and the whole thing is just cold and fog for about half an hour. You know the film The Revenant? It reminded me a little bit of that similar cinematography, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it feels, I mean, Ridley Scott is getting a lot of criticism recently due to the lack of lighting in his films. Like Last Duel was the same, House of Gucci was the same, whatever, like Prometheus was like very dark as well. Like anything that he's done in the past, I don't know, 10 years has just been very dark. It's Mm. like, does he even have like a lighting person? (laughs) His films, just weird. Yeah, so interesting. Like, we had the same take. Actually, I wasn't sure if I I just misinterpreted. No, I think calling it a hollow film is a little bit unfair. But yeah. it is very much a like a paint by numbers. Considering this is the man who like wrote Gladiator, or well, maybe not wrote Gladiator, but directed Gladiator and stuff. It's kind of crazy how this can be so poor. Um, ben, do you know if he was nominated for a Golden Globe? I don't think so. I mean, it it's, it's not been nominated for anything big. I didn't it's see not gotten it. any yeah. of the big ones now. I mean... I did see that Phoenix was nominated for Ari Aster's film instead. Oh, he's afraid. He? That's more like a kind of a... Well, comedy a comedy is a stretch. Movie, is it? Yeah. more like a horror comedy, yeah. surreal film. Well. Good, good segue onto our next little talking point of Golden Globe nominations. I'm yeah, well, thank delighted you. to see Barbie get the most nominations this year. It's got nine, which is pretty cool, I think. To no one's surprise. But I'm really worried that it's gotten nine and it won't win a single one. Like, I think I, it will. I think, I think Margot Robbie's going to win the you, comedy slash musical Well, she one. should, yeah, but Emma, Emma Stone's up against it, that one. Poor, oh, is it? Oh, yeah. she? Oh, I would give it to her. And that film is up against it for best musical yeah. and comedy as well. Poor Things did much better than expected. I think it got yeah. uh, seven nominations, which is insane for a film that hasn't even gone, you know, like worldwide yet. Yeah, Mark Ruffalo's nominated. I think Yorgos Lanthimos is not going to nominate for best director for a comedy or musical. Yeah. And then the film itself is nominated as well. Really glad about that. So yeah, I think Bar- I think it'll win. It'll win best song for sure. I mean, I'm just Ken or the Billy Eilish one are both nominated, so it should win one of those. And looking at the rest of them, I think there's like the usual. There's a mm. Pixar one in there. One of them was written by Lenny Kravitz. I think he's nominated this mm. year. Um, 
but surely one of them will win it. And I hope Margot Robbie wins it. And I think Ryan Gosling's nominated in Best yeah. Supporting Actor as well. <laughs> he probably won't win it though. I mean, I'd, like, I'd be surprised if he does, but... And then, yeah, the Irish are being really well represented, which is nice. Barry Keown is nominated as Best Actor, so is Killian Murphy and um, Andrew Scott for All of Us Strangers. I mean, I hope Killian Murphy wins it. I really hope he wins it. I just, yeah. I think I think Oppenheimer has scored even better reviews with what Americans call the foreign, yeah, you know, the Hollywood foreign than press. American, yeah, exactly. So I think it's gonna do. Pre- I think he's gonna do pretty well. I just, I just want good. him to win it. I think, I think it's Killian Murphy being nominated is kind of like with with like Joaquin Phoenix winning one for Joker when Leonardo DiCaprio finally won one. Like, I feel like if he wins one, yes, it's because he was amazing in Oppenheimer, but also he has like a really good back catalogue behind him that you'd say of these incredible performances that he's had and him and Nolan as like collaborators has been really good in the last few years. Mm -hmm. And I'd love him to get one. Yeah. And the guy's nominated for the score as well, Ludwig Göransson, I think. And the Oppenheimer, I mean, the Oppenheimer score is mm. incredible. Mm. Like, I mean, to go back to the best um, male um, category in the drama, yeah. I I wouldn't mind seeing Bradley Cooper win with Maestro. I thought he was, really? he, I thought he was incredible. Not DiCaprio, yeah. though. Mm, no. No. I, fe- I feel like he probably has a thousand Golden Globes by now. I just feel like Bradley yeah, Cooper needs do. to be appreciated for his acting skills because, and because he was, yeah, pretty good. I haven't watched it. It's on Netflix, isn't it, Maestro? I think it's going to come out in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. It's worth seeing it. I didn't love the film, but I loved him and Carrie Mulligan. Well, because I heard Carrie Mulligan was better. It was probably the best thing about it. She stole the show, but I thought she she was heartbreaking too. It's very much like, did you like A Star is Born? (laughs) Oh, did I like A Star is Born? That's a good question. Um, I did... uh, I'm neither here nor there on it. I okay. thought it was. I thought it was okay. okay. I, like I understand why it got the hype that it did, but like, I'm not crazy about Lady Gaga in in most movies. I don't know if she's necessarily the best actress in the world. And Bradley Cooper is good in it, but like, he's just playing a drunk. I mean, the highlight of the film is when he pisses himself. That's kind of his like his standout <laughs> performance in that film is when he pisses himself. That's a bit unfair. But it is hard. No, it is like, it, no, that is a bit unfair. That's very unfair. I'm sorry. But it is like, a, it is definitely a heartbreaking film. And it's very sad, yeah. but I like. It's not your type of film. Yeah. Well, no, I think, no, I, no, I don't, I, I don't think that's fair to say. I okay. like, I enjoy films like that. I just don't, I just didn't. I wasn't as hot on that as everybody else was. I feel like everybody's like a star sports incredible. Right. Amazing, <laughs> and I wasn't. And this isn't even me trying to be like going against the grain. I was just like, yeah, it's good. Like I get it. Like I get why people like it. But I'm just like, eh. I just didn't think it was mm-hmm. great. I think this is how Simon feels about Barbie. Yeah, it's instantly yeah. forgettable for me. You know, what I saw the other day. I forgot to mention this before. Sing two for the first Ooh, time. The animated movie. Yeah, <laughs> I went to a screening okay. of it in Leicester Square on Sunday in the 800 seat mega Leicester Square. Yeah, huge premiere one. And Garth Jennings did an intro <laughs> and did a whole half an hour presentation at the beginning about the inspiration behind it. He showed some of the like the animation development, storyboard development. It's really cool. Nice. nice. I've never seen it, so I really enjoyed it. I've never been to a jukebox film before, which yeah. is the genre that it, that it is. It, that it's all just like, it's, it's, small contem- it's like, and it's contemporary films, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, or contemporary yeah. music. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Isn't Bono in that? Yes. Like, Streets Have No Name is a featured song, oh, okay. but it's not sung by them. It's sung by like Scarlett like Johansson. Like a pig. 
Yeah, by um, Gunther. Oh, okay. He's and like is a he a pig? pig. Yeah. Oh, exactly. He's, he's, okay, a pig. Right, he's one of the best characters in it. Oh, okay. Interesting. But it's like a story about these friends that want to put on a play together. It's all. It's a story about friendship. Okay. But with lots of amazing music and interesting, very funny little moments in it. Nice. So is it better than the first one? I've not seen it. Oh, okay. So you went straight for the sequel. <laughs> there you go. So you need to go. <laughs> so yeah. Is too new or what? Like I don't even know when it came out. I think it's maybe a year or two. Like the first one, I feel like came out maybe, maybe four it's a or five years ago. Was it Timberlake song from Sing Two or Sing? Must be Sing One. Sing I don't One, think... yeah, because it are was you huge. Thinking, like... Are you thinking of the Trolls one that oh, he did? Can't, can't stop the feeling. It's like trolls. the same movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you read yeah. Trolls too. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, Trolls. I remember there was a two yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, that's Trolls. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's Trolls. Or is it Nomeo and Juliet? Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> it's one of those random animation movies with loads of shit in there. I'm glad you enjoyed it, Simon. It's cool. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Was that your highlight? Well, actually, I had a highlight that's actually quite sad, which is uh, the lead singer of The Pogues died. Oh, yeah. Shane McGowan. Shane McGowan, Irish guy. And they put his funeral on live streamed on BBC News Channel on Friday afternoon. It was like a state funeral. Yeah, Um, it was mad. And it was crazy. And I learned more about this guy than I've ever known about him in my life. I didn't know he'd been with the same wife since he was 16 Mm. and she was almost like this is something i never expected to be said in a church and streamed on bbc news that she was basically celebrating his drug consumption (laughs) as she said in her speech and her eulogy like oh yeah shane used to take up to 200 tabs of acid a day and uh, and other stuff and this is like on bbc news in the afternoon on friday in a church and like the president of Ireland's there and stuff. Well, yeah, Bono gave a speech, didn't he? And then Bono's loads in, of people sang. He was not there, I don't think. He, he was in the oh, Vegas sorry, well, Johnny, Johnny Depp was there. Yeah, and like... Um, Johnny Depp gave a speech. Yeah, um, and yeah, lo- there was lots of... The- and then at the end, like, wasn't it like Glenn Hansard and yeah. some of the Dubliners mm-hmm. and all stood up and they played yeah. Fairy Tale of New York. And what, what and Nick Cave did an amazing yeah. emotional performance. It was amazing because at the end, when, when they sang Fairy Tale of New York in such a nice way, even though it's a funeral, everyone was up dancing. <laughs> yeah. Like loads of these people really up cool. at the front, like dancing around and stuff like that. And I think, you know. Because he's one of those artists that tests the notion of can you separate the art from the artist? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's why I find so. it quite interesting. And then the only other thing I watched, two words, Nakatomi Plaza. <laughs> I, yeah, I watched, it, I watched a bit of it the other night as well, yeah. Mr. Takage won't be joining us for the rest of his life. <laughs> That's great. Rick, Alan Rickman has the best one-liners in that line. Oh, I will count great. to three. There will not be a four. <laughs> he's such a good villain. He's, he's yeah. absolutely amazing in that. I did. I have to say I didn't watch it all the way through. I, did, I, I don't need to because I know it so well, but I, yeah. it was on film four or something. So adverts, yes. I was like, this yeah. is completely yeah, it was on unacceptable. A, it, was, it was on After Doubtfire. Ah, right. Oh, yeah. I, that's right. I saw the end credits yeah. of Doubtfire. Yeah. yeah, exactly. There you go. That's yeah. a great double bill. Yeah, doubt, <laughs> d- a, doubt, <laughs> a Doubtfire diehard double bill. What an evening. That yeah. is, that's a great double bill. That's a good, like, 80s That's double. a science yeah. fiction double feature. <laughs> <laughs> you want to see them, like, stitched together, like, yeah, in a cinema. Oof. What about you? Have you watched anything good, Sophie? Um, I saw Leave the World Behind. Leave the World Behind? Is that the new Netflix film with uh, Julia oh, Roberts and yeah, Ethan yeah, Hawke? Yeah. yeah. Sam Esmail's new Is film. I loved it except the final scene. Oh, um, yeah. okay. Have you seen Mr. Robot? No, I keep having it recommended I've to me. I've watched a few episodes of the first season and I need to go back to it. It's very much the same. So it's the same director, same creator. So 
it very much deals with techno pessimism, hackers, you know, cyber attacks, that sort of thing. But it's really good. I just question the final scene a bit. I feel like it probably, okay. like in my head, it probably finished like a scene too early. But right. I love the film throughout. Mahershala Lee's in it, who's just amazing. Yeah, I saw the cast on it. It's like yeah. Ethan Hawke, Kevin Bacon, Julia Roberts, Mahershala Ali. Loads of people. Yeah, Julia Roberts is so good. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, nice. girl, you're back. Yeah, so I enjoyed it. It's very much like in the top 10% Netflix okay. tier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll add it to my, I've, I've started, recently started going through my, because um, we were recording this pre-Christmas, obviously. If anybody's listening to this in the future, this was recorded pre-Christmas. I'm going through my list of movies that I want to watch over Christmas, so I'll Ooh. add that. I'll add that to what, it. What, what, give us a flavor of the list. Well, okay, hang on. I'll, I'll see if I can get the list. Did I write them down? I think I did. And don't edit uh, out any embarrassing ones. <laughs> no, I won't. So Christmas movie Mitch list, Christmas movie watch list, Avatar Way of the Water, Oof. Killers of the Flower Moon, Reservation Dogs, Last Night in Soho, uh, Invincible Season 2, and some... Alan Partridge. I feel like I need to get into Partridge, so I'm going to try and watch <laughs> okay. some Partridge. Nice. Um, so if anybody has any suggestions, I'll add that Netflix one. Yes. Is it called Leave the World Behind? Is Leave the World is? Behind, yeah. Okay. Adding to the list as we speak. Well, yes. I can give you a very depressing one that's important. Give it to me. It's I the, love it. It's the Ken Loach film. It's New Year's Eve. Uh, yeah. Which one? Is it called Old Oak? Old Oak. Uh, my mum was telling me I have to watch it. Okay, well, um, I'll put Old Oak Ken Loach and then we'll find it. Let's reconvene on Reservation Dogs because I saw the first episode and I didn't love it. But really? I, I've I, heard I, everybody I, loved it. I probably think I just need to give it a bit more time or cool. I just wasn't... Oh, and the one that I want, the one the one that I really want to see in cinemas over Christmas is the new Taika YTD film, Last Go- Next Girl Wins. Yeah. Which looks amazing. Do you think it's a feel-good Christmas extravaganza? Yes, that's exactly what I think it's going to be. I can't wait to see it. I'm so glad Fast Bender is back. He's just brilliant. I miss him. One of the best. I names. missed him, but I didn't. I, but I get. But I didn't like the killer. So no, no, no. Yeah, but I missed what him. I, I thought he was the best part in it. So yeah, you know, so yeah. I'm glad he's back. He can go back on Graham Norton and do some great <laughs> dancing again. He can do the worm. It's quite oh, funny watching him do that. God, uh, for the but, first yeah. class press tour is still very yeah. much in my head, rent free. What's this? It's a movie. No. No, I liked it. No. Can I say something? No. I don't get it. What don't you get about it? We are breaking down the South Korean masterpiece from 2019 and from Bong Joon-ho, Parasite. For listeners unaware, um, it tells the story of the impoverished Kim family in South Korea skimming their way into the lives, jobs, and home of the wealthy Park family. The film made Oscar history as the first non-English language film to ever win Best Picture. So both of you had seen it before, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. How did the rewatch feel? The ending of it still feels as mad as it always does, I think. Mm. You get lured into a false sense of security by that film almost. It's an interesting one where it, there's a couple of points in the film where it's like, oh, I don't know if I should be rooting for them, but like <laughs> I am, but then I am not And then they do something that you're like, fuck, that's kind of really fucked up. Like, why would you do that? And yeah, it's an interesting like back and forth of whose side am I on in this dilemma of a film? Yeah, there's definitely no black and white. No, with this not one. at all. Really struggling. Yeah, it's really gray. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would summarize it by saying like the shit kicks down and that's what the whole film's about. Even down yeah. to like the way the sewage pumps out in the the Kim's flat when it mm. floods. That's yeah, I did think that at the, what you're as you're watching the start of the, there's like symbolism. Yeah, I everywhere. mean everything is all very vertical, isn't it? It's always yeah. going mm. downstairs, you know, yeah. the being locked in the basement, you know, being yeah. out of sight and then mm. literally the hill up to the posh house yeah. is a steep hill going up, you know. I I wonder whether this has to do very much with hierarchy, right? From a like wealth 
some point. I think yeah. This oh, is what, you know, for sure. Yeah, Bong yeah. wants to It's a social show. class portrayal, isn't it? We yeah. can't really understand it from the South Korean perspective. Well, I, I don't really know I much would, about South Korea, so. I would love to have someone from, yeah, South yeah. Korea to give us their perspective. Because mm. I, I was telling Michael, because I was it with him, and I was like, I'm pretty sure we're missing like 20% of the film. I think that whole the shit flows down thing is is prevalent in every society. For yeah. sure. And I, you can see why it won an Oscar, because in American society, that is a very, like like the class but divide, I, mm. even in the UK now, like, I mean, the class divide is so huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's also the shit kicks down and there's no honor amongst thieves. It wasn't like yeah. there was any solidarity between the Kims it's, and yeah. their it's mates. everyone for themselves. Yeah, they were they were going to fuck each other over. It mm-hmm. wasn't like it was like them against the rich Parks family. It was yeah. very much like we'll stab stab you in the back just to get mm. one over you, mm. just to go slightly up the socioeconomic ladder. Yeah. Um the one thing that stood out to me on on this rewatch was how funny the film is on the first half. Like mm. I actually thought that it was yeah. like, oh this is like a dark comedy. Like <laughs> Definitely when, is. when you yeah, when you don't know like how assuming that you haven't watched it before, you're like this is fun. Like, yeah, like, for sure. I mean, up to a certain point, it is incredibly funny. And then it just becomes majorly tense. Mm-hmm. Up until the scene where... They discover the, the third family. Oh, I don't even think I don't even think the third family. I think up until the scene where they're all drinking and stuff in the house. As soon as that happened, right. my immediate thought was, no, no, no. I was like, no. Like, you just know, like, something's going to go wrong. Like, classic cinema tells me they're all drinking in the house. <laughs> they're, fucking, they're fucking the place up. Mm. Something is going to go wrong. Mm. And from then... That's when I started feeling like, okay, it's ramping up and ramping up. And then the cleaner shows up and then it's the whole fucking dude in the bait. Like it's, <laughs> it just like, it goes from there. It spirals completely. Yeah. And it in such an incredible way, mm-hmm. it just goes fucking mad. Yeah. Like it's such a, it's such a brilliant twist. Mm-hmm. I still um, see, you know, when they talk about, um, like films, talking about films leaving lasting marks on you. The, scene where they're talking about the little boy in his nightmares that he saw the ghost and you see him eating the cake out of the fridge and then you see the guy walking up the stairs and you just see his eyes first mm-hmm. I still am having nightmares about that dude's eyes because they are fucking terrifying in that <laughs> completely black doorway just those two like piercing white eyes is terrifying yeah. if that was me as a child of course he's fucking petrified me. <laughs> like of course this child is fucked up that's so scary me as an adult watching that I got scared I mean, so this, this actor and the entire cast is just Amazing. insane, yeah, yeah. insanely good. Yeah. It's perfectly cast, yeah. the whole film. It's okay. so good. So to set the stage for the final scene, um, Ben, would you like to start with the film, the film scene you brought for us? Because I know it's not from Parasite. Yeah, so I didn't, so I didn't bring a scene from Parasite or because I, I kind of, weirdly watching it, as soon as this scene happened, I thought, oh, wow, that's, I, won- I wondered it and I'd love to know, I mean... I'd be interested to know if Bong Joon-ho has it in it, you know, has this scene in it because of it. But it's also one of the things that it leads into it. It kind of comes after a scene where it was when they started doing stuff that I was like, okay, hang on, this is get it's getting a little bit more than just talking them in. And it's so obviously we have the scene where they get rid of the ex, the old house worker, and how do they do it? With the by, peach allergy. With the peach allergy yeah. and making it look like she has TB. And they start really like, like telling quite like nefarious and like nasty lies. I mean, lying that the sister's an art therapist. Okay, she's a great artist and she's like helping the child and stuff like that. Fine. The dad's a driver. Okay. I mean, listen, getting it, making your man lose his job in, that, in the way that they do leaving the underwear in the car is a bit shady. But then when they start actually like basically poisoning this woman, 
it's kind of like fucking okay this is starting to take a like a slightly darker turn what i'm saying about like it gradually ramps up and up and up and then there's the next scene in the car where he's um the dad is driving the other dad he's picked him up from work and he's driving him home and he's like the new oh, yeah. chauffeur yeah yeah the new chauffeur and he's like oh yeah he's like oh yeah we need to get like a new cleaner blah 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 he was like oh i know this one and as he hands him the business card and it reminded me of this is that a gram american psycho new card what do you think? My favorite scene of the whole film. Oh, very nice. Look at that. Picked them up from the printers yesterday. Good coloring. That's bone. And the lettering is something called Cillian Rail. Rail. It's very cool, Bateman, but that's nothing. Look at this. That is really nice. Eggshell with Romalian type. I could totally what see Bongs and Ho being influenced by this very nice. scene. Jesus. That is really super. How do nitwit like you get so tasteful? I can't believe that Bryce prefers Van Patten's card to mine. But wait, you ain't seen nothing. That really reminded me of it because it's also, you're starting, like, they're starting to do things and the film itself is becoming, like, more and more psychotic. Mm -hmm. And you're also then seeing how, as you say, with the shit coming down, you have the tech billionaire who... Put so much value in what, like, what a business card is like. Oh, yeah, mm. geez, this must be a good company. It's like it's got a good <laughs> business card. I think this is very, like, in a way, isn't it overly sarcastic? Like, yeah, for sure. How superficial the the world of capitalism is, and how you yeah. can sell. Well, I mean, that scene yeah. in American Psycho in general is, and I think that's yeah. what Bong Joon Ho was doing as yeah. like a way to kind of lampoon that and uh, like uh, pay homage to that, and in the same way, try and say a similar thing yeah. in that, like, you know how ridiculous is it that we put some, like a, a man who's a multi-millionaire, maybe a billionaire, well, he's completely sold on what this company is because they've got a very nice business card. And it's and this then obviously leads us into the kind of chaos that happens in the final scene because it is getting rid of that older cleaner that leads things to, from when they are all getting drunk in the living room to mm -hmm. then start spiraling and going crazy when she shows back and comes mm -hmm. back up and stuff. And I just thought it was, yeah, if I could ask Bong Joon-ho a question, I'd be like, is the business card thing a reference to American Psycho? Because it was as soon as it happened, I wrote that in my phone. I was like, that it just reminded me of that. Hmm. And then, yeah, obviously, as I say, that brings us that one change, that one thing where they do something that, you know, how they get into the family gets increasingly, increasingly more kind of nefarious, shall mm -hmm. we say? And by convincing them that she has TB, like they could have killed that woman. She has an allergy to peaches. Like they could have killed her. Like that's, you know, that's the mad thing. But that's where I thought it was going, you know. Yeah, that's my comment about there's no honor amongst thieves. Like they're yeah. just willing mm. to absolutely stuff over this perfectly nice yeah. lady. Yeah, exactly. To get, to get her position. Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting how all of it is actually more pointed towards American culture than like mm. South Korean capitalist culture, if that's the thing. Yeah. Uh, because like later after the this scene that you mentioned, Ben, probably like later down the line, um, you remember when they had the tent out for mm. the sun and I think that dad asked something like, oh, is he going to be safe out there? And the mom goes, oh, we bought it from the US. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> I feel like there's a couple of comments like yeah, that about like, them ordering things from America. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And then at the end, it's like a, or, or even, even just Western culture. Cause at the mm -hmm. end of the film, a German family move in and there's a comment about like, I mean, they're foreigners, they wouldn't even notice these kind of things or something like that. Yeah. They wouldn't, yeah, they wouldn't have known why they shouldn't what have why they shouldn't <laughs> have bought this house. Yeah, exactly. Simon, what about you? What scene did you bring for us? So I looked at the scene that was when the Kim family have finally kind of 
achieved their goal of having access to the house on their own. And mm-hmm. they're all sitting on the sofa drinking whiskey. They have a burger or something. Yeah, they're eating food out of the fridge for sure. Or one of the, uh, the girl is eating what turns out to be the dog treats. Yeah, that's Because the dogs right. have the fancy food. So it's just before everything turns and you hear the doorbell, which is the, the previous cleaner. cleaner, yeah, who's left something in the basement. And it's a comment that... He's left something in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're teasing so much, Simon. Um, yeah, and it's this, it's this line here. You don't need... That is a summer. This is basically where they're stuffing their faces, drinking the booze, and she basically says, hell, if I had this much money, I'd probably be nice too. Yes. <laughs> so it's kind of like, I, yeah. sorry, I can't remember the character that says it. It's, I think it's the mum. Yeah. Um, it is the mum. Yeah. yeah. And it's like... It's, because I think they're talking about like, oh, like they are so nice, aren't they? Yeah. And she's like, well, if I had that much fucking money, of course I'd And it's nice. like the self-awareness is staggering. It's yeah. like they're literally doing this completely. So it's not like it's um, survival. This is no. like trying to better yourself by conning somebody else. This isn't just like surviving. It know. is interesting because like the, the the two kids who are the ones who started all, like the son's the one who starts it and gets the daughter involved, yeah. are very much like a... Uh, like a like a quite a naive attitude towards it all. Whereas as soon as the mum and dad get involved, they're very aware of what this situation is. Yeah, you know, I, there's a bit more. Um, like, adults have entered the building. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the adults are here. We know this is fucked up, but we're gonna fucking do it anyway. We're gonna do it anyway. And that that makes it a lot darker for me. Mm. Yeah, because that's the, they're the people who should be teaching the kids you know, a good way to live. And mm. they're, they're encouraging it and part yeah. of it. And probably why the kids thought it was a good idea in the first place, because they'd program the kids to be that way anyway. Yeah. It's part of their upbringing. I don't know. But mm-hmm. yeah, that, I found that quite a telling line for me. But it does feel like in, in the what you see from the film is that the dad is kind of like a wheeler dealer because like he's always, he's talking about it in different points about like, oh yeah, and then the restaurant went under and then I did this and blah, 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 blah. Mm. Whereas- they, they, they basically feel entitled. That's what it's about. Yeah. So fair enough, they live in shit circumstances in a flat that floods with sewage or whatever. Mm. And they feel entitled to go to to be able to go and fuck over this rich family. Calm these people, yeah. yeah. Mm. And then the film is asking you to make a sort of, balance isn't it saying you know is are, is what they're doing fair you know are the real parasites this rich family or are, or are the real parasites this family who are just trying to like not live in a f- flat full of sewage yeah or are the real parasites the other two people in yeah. the equation <laughs> who are the ones who actually do some serious damage yeah and then it just goes into chaos and then uh but that's then, it. it i mean it just i i don't have so i guess selfie do you, before we go on to that do you have it like is there any scene that you want to talk about in particular oh uh, we're gonna jump right to the final scene okay, okay yeah, cool because yeah. yeah it just so quickly just descends into chaos that it's almost like, it's like in infighting almost between yeah. you know, the new family and the old family but at like breakneck speed though it happens yeah. so quickly like mm. it just goes like that and it's insane yeah and it's when you don't expect it like the the favorite thing about this film for me is the pacing of it all like yeah. the moment you think you're safe Something happens. Something slaps you in the face. Like, okay, that's my revolt. Like, yeah. and then pff, even the flood that you mentioned, like that came out of nowhere. I didn't expect like for the you know semi basement to just flood like that. Just yeah, I mean, it tells you what. I read it, some article that said that it was supposed to be a comment on climate change as well, and how climate change is, right. is affecting you know the rich people differently to poor people. But I didn't know if that was a bit mm. far fetched. Mm. I mean. I, for all I knew, that flat floods like that every year and always has done. I didn't know, mm. I didn't, don't know about you guys, but I didn't think, ah, oh, that's climate change affecting 
this less well-off family maybe, much more yeah. badly. Yeah, maybe it's in the context of South Korea. Like maybe, I, kn- yeah. I know Bong feels very strongly about climate change, right. which like Snowpiercer was very much like, um, you yeah. know, had a lot stronger references on climate change. So yeah, but I would say, you know, wealth gap first. Yeah, but it is <laughs> true though, because dread. climate change does affect uh, the less wealthy more so For because sure. the because the wealthy live in big nice well insulated expensive houses mm. and then on a hill on a hill yeah, yeah exactly on the high ground yeah, yeah. whereas yeah. well you, you go know, sleep in a gym yeah you know, yeah yeah you know in the UK the equivalent is of well how who do you think climate change affects more the royal family or the people who sleep in tents in Oxford Circus. Mm-hmm. Yeah and I suppose part of what they're saying is like there's two types of people in this world you know when you're down and out you can choose a life of crime and conning or you can choose a different path to yeah. claw, claw your way out of your shit situation. And well, this, this family decided to well, go down the conning route. Well, until well, the end though. Yeah, that, until the end. Yeah. And the thing is, True, it's, exactly, yeah. it's almost make the ending more justifiable for the Kim family. because And, and the fantasy ending totally and, sucked me in. I was like, ha. So did I, yeah. yeah. Classic okay. fantasy ending. Okay, so let, let's- Wayne's World let's, doing the happy ending. Yeah. Well, let's get to it. So um, let's sum to the- final scene um i'm gonna read through the final um shots quickly so the film ends with kigu narrating the aftermath he starts and on probation with his mother his sister uh kizung has died their father has long disappeared and we don't know where he is and i think i i I think as soon as that monologue started as soon as they said he disappeared i knew exactly where he was didn't need to be explained to me i was like he's in the basement (laughs) (laughs) it was was i wasn't as fast as you oh i was like i was immediately i was like he's in the basement well (laughs) it's a cycle yeah it's a cycle of poverty yeah exactly it is it is though that's the thing everything is a sort of a a symbol isn't it yeah well the yeah i mean ben has a point because the the wealthy family has been replaced by a German family who's also very wealthy and also makes a point of you always have the rich people on the top and you always yeah. have the poor people in the bottom. Like that's and ne- over the and cycle. never between the two shall you travel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. the cycle of life. So the on the hunt, um, Kim Wu hikes a mountainside that overlooks a park house where he notices a flicker of light and registers as Morse code. His father is tapping out a message to him. The film ends with Kigu writing a reply. As he speaks in voiceover, we see his fantasy take shape. He has a plan. He's going to go to college. He's going to get a job. He's going to make a lot of money. He's going to make so much money that one day he'll be able to buy the house for himself. And he, and, oh, and all his father will have to do is go up the stairs and walk out in the sun. But sadly, in the very final show, we realize it's all futile and not true. We return to the half basement where the movie started descending from the cramped window space down to Kigu writing the letter to his father and ending the movie with until then so long. And yeah, yeah, it just, so the reason I love the ending is because there is no ambiguity to it. And Mm. I have a feeling, and I think we've talked about this a lot of times, how many directors would actually end the film with the fantasy and just be like, yeah, whatever, you do you. Like Nolan, you live- Nolan would end Nolan. the film with the fantasy. <laughs> Nolan, yeah. Like Christopher Nolan, the film would end the fantasy and then it would just go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, Bong just hits you right in the face with it. Like yeah. there is no mistaking for what has just taken place. And you, it's almost like the film breaks up with us as in. Just deal with it. Like, I think this, it. I think it'd be an incredibly unsatisfying ending if it ended with him just walking out into the sun. Yeah, I like that. I like the ending that that, yeah. that, that happened. I think. I, the, I think. I think the movie fitted. gets. I think the family get the ending they deserve. 
To be honest, the one I feel the worst for, the, I, I did feel quite sad that the sister died now. I thought that was like... That was a bit extreme. Because yeah. actually like... Yeah, Jessica. Yeah, like she's almost the, like the naivest of them all, really. Mm-hmm. And, the and most had like been sucked into it by the whole thing and just kind of... Okay. At that point when it went into the sort of horror territory, I was less attached to the characters because it, it almost takes you out of the realness the film was building up. Yeah, it becomes And bizarre. suddenly it's like, oh, it's like a, a barbecue, but then there's knifing. It's like a bit all a bit mad. Is it that... I don't know, unrealistic though, when you think about the violence that takes place and we're not really privy to that because it's not really documented. But like, you would knife someone for nothing. Like, I think it's just more realistic than we think. Maybe not But also, bear in mind, he doesn't knife someone for nothing. They basically murder this guy's wife and leave him in a basement. And then he has to probably give himself a fairly severe concussion by bludgeoning his head right. against those yeah. buttons. Yeah, I, guess, I suppose given the conditions, it's well, quite, all quite reasonable. Yeah, like that's the <laughs> and, thing. And, but that's the kind of question it asks you, right? Yeah. It's like, if the Kim's family thing is reasonable, then surely this guy's is reasonable yeah, as well. Is you'd be up to boiling point with rage. Yeah. And this is, you'd be at the end of your tether. What else? You have no other power other than violence. So you just do it. Yeah. I mean, we hear about, you know, like manslaughter all the time mm. for the dumbest reasons ever. Like I heard, I mean, that's unrelated, but the other day someone stabbed his wife because she wouldn't give him the remote. Like it's just like ridiculous. Like we can turn violent for like the dumbest reasons because that's who we are. However, because you mentioned an interesting point, what I did read was um, Bong was actually inspired by an actual incident in 1930s in Paris from the Papin sisters who were actually lived in maids in a wealthy family and they killed their own employers. Hmm. So this has happened. Or the French Revolution. (laughs) The French Revolution, (laughs) parasite style. Yeah. So, yeah, but I feel why you would feel that way. I mean, I do want to do more of a deeper dive into his filmography. Because it's more more a comment on me not expecting that to happen in the garden. And that's why I was suddenly like, whoa, what's happening? I wasn't expecting this. So it's a bit taking me out of my reality. That's, yeah, that's understandable. I mean, I have a question for, I mean, you, Ben, I don't remember if you've watched Snowpiercer, uh, Simon. Have, have you watched Snowpiercer? Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer. No. I watched it a long time ago. What yeah. is it? Okay. It's a really interesting film. It's like, it's, it's a Bong Joon-ho film, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And basically it's about, it's set like in the future and it's basically a new ice age and a civilization basically all live on these trains and every different, the further back the train carriages you go, it's basically like going down the rungs of society. So there's mm. the high society towards the front in these fancy, beautiful carriages and they all wear nice clothes. And then the poorer classes at the back. And it's basically, it's Chris, Chris Evans' character mm-hmm. is like fighting his way to the front of it to try mm-hmm. and like, you know, because they're basically dying of starvation and colds basically that far back mm-hmm. down the train. I mean, I just wanted to ask because I'm... Um, I haven't finished it actually. I fell asleep yesterday. Not because it wasn't a great film, but I was just very tired. <coughs> Memories of Murder, like Bong's probably most fav- like well, most famous film other than Parasite. But what can we um, derive about his worldview based on films like Parasite and Snowpiercer? Pre- and, spe- um... and specifically their ending, because I think some, I think I've seen directors that have tackled like climate change, mm. but then tried to put some sort of like hopeful and optimistic spin to it. Uh, but I think he's doing, I, I think he's taking the stance of, and I think it's a quite, it, it, I mean, it's, it's the right stance to take in the face of climate change and that it's, especially with Snowpiercer, that it's like, this will happen. Mm-hmm. Sort your fucking shit out. 
Like, you know, I'm not going to give you like a, like a, like a day after tomorrow of like, don't worry everybody, like the Ice Age will come, but we'll weather the storm. It's like, no, the Ice Age will come and you'll all die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's using cinema up. to project his... Yeah, his anger, his, his, uh, like it's yeah. an anger. Like it's, you, you know, you can tell that he's pissed about it and it's like trying to make people, you know, some people chain themselves to gates outside oil you know oil refinery some people throw paint over old paintings I think he wants to make he makes movies doesn't he? He, want, he, yeah. he wants to make cinema that makes you think about mm. um, society and how people treat each other mm-hmm. yeah well that sort of leads me to my next question because there are almost like two camps in cinema where I think we've probably talked about this in the past where you like you have some people that just want to be almost like spoon fed what they're consumed and they want something mm. a bit more didactic and something that's like, oh, I need to offer a solution here. Otherwise, I haven't done my job. But I feel like Bong just wants to show you the reality that he's experiencing and almost like for you to reflect that as opposed to just being almost like what uh, Adam McKay is trying to do sometimes where it's like, I just want to get to the very bottom of this for you to get it. Almost like insulting his audience to an extent. I think, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. I think he does that. I think Bong Joon-ho though is someone who, who earns that. For sure. Like the ending of Parasite is like the entire story leading up to that and how the film plays out and how the characters play out, that's deserving of it. I think some directors try and do that, but then they're not just not very good at it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm kind of, I'm not going to throw any directors under the bus, but like there are definitely ones out there that try and give you that bleak ending and it doesn't feel deserved. It's like, okay, yeah. well, yeah, okay, I get it, the world's shitty, but it doesn't really make you think, the rest of the film hasn't, hasn't, asked enough interesting questions for it to be justified enough whereas Parasite certainly does Mm -hmm. especially not so much from a climate change I I understand the point being made about climate change because it's very like rainy it's all about like downpours of rain and how that affects people but I think Snowpiercer is obviously his like climate change film this is his societal change Mm -hmm. film Mm. and his attempt to you know point the mirror at society Mm. you know there is a, a very quote from him that I love uh, on that, where he says, I'm not making a documentary or propaganda here. I'm not, it's not about telling you how to change the world or how you should act because something is bad, but rather than showing you the terrible explosive weight of reality. That's what I believe is the beauty of cinema. Mm. So it's more like showing rather than telling, which I feel like not great That's directors yeah. try to do. Yeah, it's a good point because show, yeah, when you try and tell someone, you'll automatically push against it. But mm-hmm. if you just show them, as you say, you just kind of put the mirror up. It. Okay, and final question for you two. What do you think is the actual most likely outcome of the story? Good question. <laughs> um, oh, sorry, do you want to go first? I think it's literally as we see it. I think it's... The, the, so you think he so does that? Thi- so you think he's not going to make any... Like he's not going to... No, no, go on, sorry. What What are you going to say? You no, 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 go gonna, Who? The sun. So the sun. What, the sun in the semi-basement at the end? Yeah, yeah. Scene. What do you think is actually going to happen in the future? Like, is he going to make it? Is he going to make money and like get I, to his I death? reckon he's bloody resourceful. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so he's going to be fine. Nice. And okay. he, he can go down, he can go legit and get a job yeah. pretty easily, I reckon, considering what he's managed to achieve. Right. Or he can con someone else and do get rich quick schemes. I don't know. I think he's mm. going to be absolutely fine. He's a survivor. <laughs> he's a, he's a streetwise street rat. He's going to be Do right. you think, however, what has happened to his family has taught him a lesson? Oh, I don't know. I think, I think he, there's certainly no signs of like redemption 
in, okay. from what we see. So we mm. just don't know whether he's going to choose the right path mm. or not. Well, his yeah. fantasy is very well intentioned. That is true, but he wants to... Yeah, but we he, also He don't, worships his dad, doesn't he? Yeah. We don't mm. see the route that he takes to get there. Yeah. There's he, no telling that he won't do similar things in his way to get to university and get into And maybe work. he just okay. wants to please his dad and be everything his dad wanted him to be, which is not necessarily loaded with... Um, with okay. high moral. Yeah. So you think somehow he's, he's going to con himself maybe. into wealth? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Or um, he'll certainly be quite wily and quite savvy and be able to wangle quite a good life, I reckon. That's okay. what I think will happen to him. Ben? Yeah, I mean, I I agree in that he'll be uh, wily and cunning because I think that's in his character. I think it, when you say he's he learned anything, I don't think he'll change his behavior. He'll just learn how to win the next time. I think he'll change his behavior and then he goes, oh, well, well, this is why we fucked up in the first instance. So we do that again. Mm. Like any, like a great con like artist. Good AI. Yeah, exactly. He'll learn from his mistakes. I don't think his, learning from his mistakes will make him a better person. I think he still has that in him. But I don't think I am as optimistic as Simon is in thinking that he will get there with all that money. I think he will be wily. I think he'll get by. But I don't think, like, I don't think he will ever get get to that level i mean i'd you kind of you hope you will that he can break through that as you say simon like you know high society low society middle class you know never you'll never cross the path between them i'd love to say that he will but i actually think the 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 message from the film is that unfortunately we live in a society where that still is impossible the only way to do that is by you know nefarious means and, mm. and um and honor, you know, no honor amongst thieves and stuff like that. So I think he will continue on like that. Also, we need to remember that his friend is going to come back from America that he spent the summer in <laughs> the and friend. probably be like, <laughs> what? He was like, dude, have you got my rock? <laughs> yeah. You kept my rock safe? Yeah, have you got my rock? No, actually, I buried it in a, it's fucking oh, at the bottom of a river. God. That rock that you gave us brought us nothing but trouble. Yeah. It didn't bring us any money. My sister's dead. My dad's missing. And I've got a bloody big actually, scar on my head. That's the one thing we haven't talked about is like, we haven't really factored in the fact that this this kid has witnessed like this level of yeah. violence. Like that's traumatizing. Like yeah, yeah. that's going to have a huge effect on anybody's life. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. going to also fuck him up. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And also, and he, he also has a record now. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. He has a criminal yeah. record now. Yeah. He also has. <laughs> let's 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 be honest. Probably massive fucking brain trauma. Yeah. He gets oh, like oh when yeah. The guy basically fucking. <laughs> God. WWE style slams him to the ground <laughs> and then hits him over the head twice with like I the fact that he's not dead is mad. Wouldn't surprise me if then there was another ending after that ending and it turned out he's still in a coma for the rest of his life. I reckon he'll have to get a job back at the pizza place where they were really rude about Folding the pizza boxes. folding. Yeah. And that was one of the no honour amongst mm. thieves uh, well, reference what, points that I had where it was like, yeah. wait, they're just trying to do their job and you're being really rude about their pizza folding. Yeah. And then and then later on they go back and eat there don't they? and there's lots of tension. Mm. So I reckon he's going to get a job at the pizza well, shop. And one of the jobs that, one of the things that he tries to do at the start one of is to try, because he's like, oh, the pizza people are looking for someone. You're like, you're looking for someone to like come over and work right and they're kind of like oh I, I don't know if I want you to do it look yeah. you can't even fold boxes I don't know if I want you <laughs> working here yeah but yeah and on top of it all he has to almost cater for his mom uh, and I think yeah. he will feel bad like, I don't strike him as a he's not a psychopath or anything I think he will feel bad and almost responsible for his parent his dad's disappearance so he'll want to look after her as well mm. I think he'll also carry a lot of that guilt with him what, sure. so he won't tell the mum no but yeah but still the dad is not 
there. He's not present. No, so. but would, uh, does, will the mum know? That's what I'm asking. Like, oh, that's a good question. Would, uh, do you think he would keep it a secret from the mum? Good you think, question. Do you think that's they really would all uh, work together again to yeah. get in the house? And I don't see why, why would you hide it from yeah. your mum? Yeah, I think if, if yeah. They're, they've been in it. it. Like in like, and the, and the dad's basically in the basement out of choice, isn't he? He's not locked in there. Like he can, he could escape if he wanted. Yeah, but he'd it's, be caught it, by the police or something. Yeah, and go to prison for murder. That's true. Even if he does get out, he's still going. Let, let's not forget he did murder the other dad. <laughs> yeah, and the tech like, billionaire. So literally, yeah, his only option is for the son and the mum to raise enough money to buy the house so he can live yeah. upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> and that's yeah. it. You can't leave the house because you'll get arrested. No, yeah, exactly. It's no life. Pretty bad. Fun times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> whoop, whoop. What about you, Sophie? What do you think? Uh, no, I agree with you, Ben. Yeah. yeah, I'm feeling, yeah, I'm not feeling very optimistic about the whole thing. Yeah. I think he's going to do his best, but he's going to fail because capitalism fails us all. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I just think, yeah, there's just not enough. The, uh, the situation that they're in, and that is the bleakest thing about the ending is that I just don't, I think that's a really, it's a lovely, nice, optimistic way to think about it. But if the yeah. film has shown us anything, is that that's incredibly difficult. Mm. And that no matter how hard you try, and this brilliant scheme that, let's be honest, is like 50% yeah, of the film is working. Yeah. <laughs> like until, if, if, they, if they don't let the former cleaner in, None of that happens. Mm-hmm. Nothing goes wrong. Yeah, if they're just like, no, sorry. Wait, until the next thing that exposes them happens, like, well, like what? the son finds something or but whatever. What the son find? They get drunk again and they accidentally reveal something or leave something out or something gets yeah, recorded on a camera. It would never get vi- they could have potentially figured them out. I don't think it could ever get that violent. Like, yeah, I don't think, yeah, it doesn't spiral as much if that doesn't happen. Because obviously, as I said, the friend comes back from college and goes, yeah, I know I got you a job there, but why is your sister, mum and your dad working for them now? And he'd have to be like, well, so I lied and said my sister's an art therapist. Uh, We left some underwear in the car. So the the dad thinks that the driver is sleeping someone in the car, so they got rid of him. And then we convinced them that the old lady had tuberculosis and we got her kicked out as well. How's that sound? Not cool? Okay, well then take your fucking rock back because <laughs> yeah. the only reason we have money is because we've gone against everything this rock fucking stands for. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't yeah. I beat you to death with this rock and then we see how you like it. Help is on the way, Yes. Classic. Okay. Classic doubtfire. Yeah, I, I I enjoyed the uh, watching it again more than I thought I would. Yeah, so, so me my too. memory of it was quite dark. I was like, mm. oh, am I going to find it a bit of a stretch? But actually it was really cool. That's the thing. Like, it was the comedy thing for me that was like, oh, I get the jokes better. I don't know if Capital has hit me harder this last couple of years where I'm like, I can relate more to what's yeah. happening. It's because I'm doing yeah. a mortgage reapplication. Yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> wait a minute. You guys are doing just fine. You're, yeah. you're the bloody house on the hill. Well, you don't know my you're bets. Not, you're not down yeah, in the, the, uh, the apartment in, in South Acton. Yeah. You're doing fine. <laughs> You haven't You're seen the my de- haves. You're not the have-nots. You haven't seen my dead sheet, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sophie's actually working as a cleaner in somebody yeah, else's exactly. house. <laughs> I'm a lived-in maid in, yeah. ha- in this house. Yeah, do you know, you know, the only reason we're allowed here on a, on a Monday night is because the old lady who actually lives here doesn't isn't here on a Monday night. <laughs> it's exactly she's, what's at, happening. she's at Bridge. <laughs> this is all going to get cleaned up now yeah, once exactly. we go. Bridge's restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But, yeah. um, okay, I think we saw the ending again, unless yeah. you have any parting thoughts. Or um, a parasite. I just a, like a fantastic film. Yeah, I mean, very deserving of the Oscar. I think yeah. you know, it is crazy that it's the first 
quote unquote foreign language film, yeah. international film, as they call it now, to win the Oscar. I couldn't give one hoot about the Oscars. Yeah. So I have no interest in that. It's, but, I mean, yeah. it's positive, I would say, is the platform that it gave yeah. to the film. Yeah, like yeah that. fair enough. Potentially, if if that was even with the Oscars, even though I feel like it got a lot of buzz the, on its own. I think probably yeah. the, the unplatforming that the Oscars does nice. is probably worse than the platforming yeah. that it makes it up for with. So. That's, yeah. that's true. But that's yeah, a very, a very grim look at reality, but a brilliant film nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. Whatever you say. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, as uh, Bong um, said in an interview to refer to the ending as a surefire kill. Because... Confidence. Yeah, he used this Korean phrase that basically, (laughs) I mean, it doesn't really, I mean, I don't know how to translate it, but it was basically like the shot that you deliver to someone to make sure they're dead. And the that, killing blow. The killing blow, yeah. And that was the mm. the ending and what it meant for him. Anyway. Must be great to make something like that and be like, yeah, I've smashed it. Yeah. yeah. This, <laughs> is gonna, this is perfect. It's a perfect. Well, yeah, because I'd say a lot of a lot of filmmakers probably don't get that. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And also, but also to then get the recognition for it, right? Mm. Like he got like- The follow through. Yeah, like Parasite is not just like probably what he thinks is his, the best film he's ever made, but like what a lot of people would agree with is one of the best films mm. ever yeah. made. You know, as yeah. like social, as films about social commentary go- it's one that really stands up, you yeah. know? Yeah. Exactly. yeah. So if you guys get time, watch um, watch Ken Loach, The Old Oak, okay. which is another social commentary film, but in the UK. Will oh, do. Oh, wow. Okay. Will do. Love nice. It. That's a, like, great a cheery, recommendation. A cheery Christmas watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. wine. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, and that's a wrap. So remember that we'll be taking a bit of a break. Um, so we'll be back in time in January. I don't want to be too specific. Over we here. won't leave you too long. We won't leave you too long. That was long. 152 people. Don't yeah. you worry. That one podcast ben you listen to will be back eventually. Going to Ireland for three, four weeks. Yeah. Two, two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks, not yeah. too long. And yeah, we're looking forward to your, you know, post-Christmas reviews. Yeah, I can't wait to slate Avatar <laughs> Way of the Water. It's going to be fantastic. I'm just going to hate watch that fucking <laughs> oh, film. But God. I still need, I feel the need to watch it. I feel yeah, the need to watch I it. I know. But I will. I know. I'll I know. do it for you guys. I mean, what's it in parts? That's what I would do if I would ever get <laughs> What, like the Irishman? Just yeah. break it up into you three break parts? break it up into three parts. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Thanks for tuning in to that final scene. Ben is leaving us for a couple of weeks, going to Ireland to give us his post-Christmas reviews. Can't wait. Avatar Way of the Water. Kind of <laughs> shit on that movie all over the place. Is that, a, is that a hate watch? Yeah, it is a hate watch. And I, can, <laughs> I can't wait to hate watch that film. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I laughing every single time? I really yeah. like, I think we need to do something around hate watching, by the way. I don't think oh, we've yes. fully explored it. What yeah. if there's a whole subculture that we just don't even I know about? I think so. I think oh, there's I hope something so. there. There's a, niche. there's a Reddit thread somewhere. Yeah. I haven't heard of a movie podcast that does hate watching, so you could be on something there. Okay. We'll just call it I fucking hate this and that'll be that'll be the name of the podcast. I'll well, just hate watch everything. Well. Uh we'll be back with regular movie talk and all the things. And remember that the very first Desert Island poll will be between In the Loop and The Death of Stalin. Ooh. So you know Simon's, so, so Simon has to prepare Sophie's his defense. wants to boot out my beloved Death of Stalin, but replace it. Within the loop, another Armando Iannucci. It's Iannucci on Iannucci. Well, mm. uh, some would argue they're better uh, Armando. It's basically Iannucci. like, remember Celebrity Deathmatch from the early noughties, but it's Iannucci versus Iannucci. It's going to be good. Ian Ouchie. Oh, <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Sorry. Nice one. <laughs> Did you like it? Did you like that? <laughs> okay, guys. Goodbye. Have a great ho- That's called being played out. Well, oh, dude, that was so good. That, that, that was so smooth. You should have just gone with it. Yeah. I just wanted to wish everyone a happy, not necessarily Christmas, happy holidays, wherever you may be, and just happy new year and all the things. 
Well, cool. I'm going to stop that PC bullshit and say happy Christmas and happy New Year, everyone. Yay, we'll see you in the new year. <laughs> Bye. Cool. Did you like it? Did you like that? Did I like it? I loved it. I, I had no idea you could milk a cat. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? Good morning. Morning. Good morning. Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.